Hello and welcome to Switzer TV Property. I'm Peter Switzer. And can you believe this? We've got the coronavirus spooking the life out of the stock market and us as well. And home prices, capital city home prices in this country of ours went up 0.7% in March. How can you explain that? Well, to try and get a handle on it, we're talking to Nerida Connersby, who is the Chief Economist at REA Group. Then we have Peter White, who's the CEO of the Finance Brokers Association of Australia. He'll tell us what the mortgage brokers are seeing, and they're right at the coalface. And then finally, Amelia Hodge, who's the CEO of the Australian Property Institute. And she looks after lots of the valuers out there who will tell us what's happening to the value of our properties. That's the show. Without any further ado, let's cross to Neridak Connersby from REA Group. With everyone worried about what the coronavirus might do to asset markets, one of course that we all care about is the property market. And we're talking to the Chief Economist at REA Group, uh, Nerida Consby. Nerida, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. What has been the reaction so far of we addicted Australians to, uh, to buying property? What's been the, the price reaction so far? Oh, look, we can't really tell what the price reaction is at this stage. It's, um, it's pretty unknown. We, we are looking closely at search activity. And uh, what's been interesting, rent uh, got a very, very early hit. We, we saw rental searches uh, drop very quickly. Uh, at the same time, we have seen a surge in rental listings. So there's a, there's a few things going on there that, that I can talk about if you like. Yep. Uh, and the other side, the buyer activity um, is, is looking interesting. Up until last week, it was actually higher than the same time last year. So um, it, it is coming down far slower than I expected. But this week, we did see it dip at, at about 6% lower compared to the same week last year. So uh, we are seeing, we're definitely seeing a change in activity. But for now, it is primarily the rental market that is getting hit very hard. Okay. Are we seeing... Um, do you think people looking as, as buyers looking for a, a buying opportunity while at the same time some sellers are saying there's no way in the world I'm selling my property into a market like this? Yeah, look, I mean, we do expect to see a drop in listings. I mean, I think it would be naive to, to think that that won't happen. At the same time, we also expect a drop in pricing. I mean, both of those things seem likely given what's happening. Uh, in terms of distressed listings, uh, we, we're not seeing evidence of that at the moment. We, we are seeing um, a lot of uh, furnished rentals coming up. In, in the market. So, I mean, that does seem to show that we are seeing this conversion from Airbnb rentals to, to permanent rentals. So, that does seem to be a quick, pretty quick reaction. Mm. Uh, we are hearing through real estate agents anecdotally that there are people on the lookout for bargains. So, I, I think they're probably a little bit early in terms of, um, of what's happening and, um, you know, it may change. But I, I think fundamentally, this isn't a financial crisis. And um, the six month uh, mortgage repayment freeze will probably limit or is likely to limit the level of distress that we may have otherwise seen with such rapidly rising unemployment. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, both the stimulus package that provides wages to 6.5 million workers and the compassionate attitude of banks, that's all going to be a bit like a, a safety net under the, the property market, I would have thought. 
Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I, I think this is a thing when we're trying to predict pricing. I think it, it is too early to tell that, you know, it is it is completely unknown exactly mm. what the impact will be. But the fact we have got a very solid banking system in place at this stage is, is good news for the property market. Uh, it is likely we will, again, like any downturn, see highly variable conditions across Australia. And, you know, this is a thing, I think, with a lot of macro forecasts of price growth that, you know, on one hand, a nice round number of 10% price drop or 20% price drop does does give a headline. But the reality is, is that every single downturn, we do see very, very different com- conditions uh, across Australia. Uh, I think at the moment, the market that is the most interesting is Canberra, that um, it is a government-dominated market. We are seeing... Uh, we are seeing, we're seeing a drop in activity everywhere at the moment, but Canberra does seem to be holding up a lot better mm. than, than other places and um, and likely reflecting the fact that we, we've got so many government uh, departments there. We are likely to see growth in government employment over the next six months. Yeah, without a doubt. Talk us through, you, you mentioned earlier about the rental situ- uh, situation. What are you seeing there? So we have seen a surge in, in rental listings and um, I, I guess the rent, renters themselves were hit very, very early on. If you consider the average renter in Australia, they are uh, younger, they're lower income, uh, they are more highly exposed to hospitality, tourism, education, entertainment. All of those sectors have seen very, very sudden job loss and, and has put people into a very difficult situation. So. Um, rental demand is down. Uh, we have seen a pickup in search on flatmates.com.au. It's a share site that we have, so uh, it does look like people. I mean, you know, it makes sense, but you know, we can we can see that people are looking for alternative forms of accommodation. So whether that's sharing or whether that's moving in with with family. Mm. Uh, on the other side of it, uh, we we do have this increase in Airbnb or what we think is Airbnb listings converting to to long term rentals and and the way we've measured it is had a look at uh, the number of furnished listings on site and we've seen a, a massive surge over the past three weeks and um, particularly in Queensland we've seen this huge uptick in the number of furnished listings that are that are coming onto our site. Yeah, and I guess if you take away all of those foreign tourists who would have been you know using Airbnb. That's a, that's a very big chunk of the market taken away. Yeah, it is a big chunk of the market. And, and you know, I think a market like I mean, Hobart has been such a dream performer in terms of price growth over the past five years. But, you know, Hobart, the Hobart growth story has been driven off the back of tourism and education. And, and both of those sectors have been hit really, really hard. So, you know, in, in Hobart, we are seeing this surge of, of rental listings. But in some ways, it, it is, has been quite good for, for residents of that area, given that, mm. given that they've had quite a strong rental shortage there for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, the evictions ban, the six-month moratorium, um, is that going to uh, sort of decrease the enthusiasm of property investors to get into the market? Yeah, look, it will. You know, I, I think the property investors will be pretty cautious anyway now. I mean, partly because it's so uncertain and, and no one really knows exactly what will happen to their employment situation over the next six months. So um, we have seen a pullback in inquiry from investors and we've also seen a pullback as well from first home buyers. But the investor pullback is, is far more significant. So um, I think a lot of investors are, are just being very cautious. They're watching and waiting. Um, partly driven by the eviction ban, but I think also driven by the fact that, you know, they're not quite, everyone's very, very uncertain at the moment and, and it is hard to make investment decisions while things are so uncertain. Do you think the uh, many investment properties 
will end up on the market and investors will just sell or get, just to get away from the market? Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. I mean, this is the... Um Sorry, um, this is the area that we, you know, we don't know how high the level of distress will be. That, you know, on one hand, we will see that we are seeing this slowdown in in buyer activity, and that will moderate price growth. Um, but prices will really fall rapidly if we start to see very, very high levels of distress. Uh, I think again, coming back to that six-month mortgage payment freeze will help some investors. Um, the investors, I guess, that will be most troubled will be those that, um, firstly, you know, lose tenants because the tenants move out. They can't find another one. So anywhere we've got poor rental demand conditions. Um, but then also they themselves lose their jobs will create additional problems for a lot of people. So, you know, there's this, there is a very, very strong flow on effect from mm. having this eviction freeze, which, you know, it, socially it really does make sense. But there are a lot of financial and economic impacts that flow on from that. Okay. Let's get scary here. Um, if the government hadn't done the, the kind of rescue package, which I know surprised me, and I'm sure it surprised you at 16.4% of GDP. You never ever studied that in economics, did you? I don't even the Great Depression, we actually saw numbers like that. But anyway, we might have, but the bottom line is we, we wouldn't have expected it. If, it did, if the government was slow to react like a lot of governments were during the GFC, do you think those doomsday calls of 40% house price falls might have been a chance? Oh, look, I've got no idea. I mean, it, it's so hard to hard to predict house prices to that to that magnitude. I mean, if you have a look at previous downturns, you know, we've had we had the downturn in the early 90s, which you know hit Melbourne very very hard. We had the downturn GFC, which which hit Sydney premium markets hard, uh, and then the most recent downturn really hit. Uh, markets like Melbourne and Sydney, but, you know, Hobart and Geelong surged ahead. So, you know, I, I think, you know, to say blanket call 45% across Australia is, is you know, I, you know I, I seriously doubt that that could happen. Um, and the reason being is that there's always markets that do well out of a downturn. And if, if you have a look at um, at the moment, I mentioned Canberra before, you know, we're going to have, tax office is going to have to employ more people. There's going to be more people in Centrelink. Mm health services are going to really surge ahead. Uh, even a market, you know, a bit of a call out at Perth, you know, Perth iron ores, you know, still doing pretty well. Everyone's rushing to gold as a, as a safe investment. WA does pr produce a lot of gold. So, you know, WA, you know, will probably see price falls, but not as much as some other markets, which are highly exposed to tourism and education, which uh, at this stage are, are, are very troubled and are, are unlikely to, to recover anytime soon. A highly responsible answer, and I would have expected that of an economist like you. Uh, Nerida, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. That's Nerida Connorsby, who's the Chief Economist at REA Group. Well, these certainly are crazy times, with house prices actually rising in March. I don't know if that can last for much longer, but to talk about this and other aspects of the housing sector, uh, a guy who's right at the coalface with his members is Peter White, the CEO of the Finance Brokers Association of Australia. Pete, welcome to the program. Good, Peter. Yourself? Very good, mate. Great, great to see you. What, are your, what is your organisation of members telling you about what's going on in the housing sector right now? Well, at the moment, uh, I guess it's a, a very strange environment, as, as you've noted before, and uh, 
Uh, what we are finding is obviously there's a slowing in activity. Uh, we're dealing with changing lending policies that are, are not necessarily too extreme, but there are definitely changes afoot. And uh, trying to be able to then facilitate uh, lending uh, in a non-face-to-face -face environment uh, is something that our industry, I'm very pleased to say, has adapted very, very quickly. So whether it's interfaces through a, a Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, whichever, uh, verification of identifications being done online, which we've tried to make happen for some time, and this has pushed all that forward. So there's some, uh, some really good innovations that are happening. Okay, Pete. Do, do you see... I, I, would, I would have thought um, your members would know, be able to take the temperature of the sector by in terms of the inquiries they're getting. Have you got any feedback at this point in time about what's happened to the level of inquiries? Uh, we have, but a lot of it's proactivity. So um, most of our members are in very, very close contact with their existing clients and clients within their databases to ensure that they're available to assist them with any inquiries or any issues they may be having in this environment and helping to step them through any challenges they might have or opportunities they want to have in regards to what they're looking at doing with their finances against their real estate property or business lending. Uh, so there's quite a fair bit of activity happening at the moment to, to assist people to ensure that uh, they're sitting in the right position, if you like, with their lending and that um, they're uh, able to meet their commitments or looking at what other options are available. And, and I guess a, a new um, addition to their toolkit is the fact that now banks have been instructed by government and they've said yes to the request that they actually can defer home loan repayments for six months. I don't think you ever prepared your group of mortgage brokers for that kind of reality. Uh, no, Peter, it's, it's certainly a, a different uh, consideration. And you and I have been uh, kicking around these markets for a little while and I've been through GFCs and that many recessions in property markets. It's not funny, and this is a first. And so I, I guess that's a part of the challenge is there are lots of firsts that are happening. Um, but uh, our members, our brokers in the marketplace are very, very quick to handle that. And uh, we're dealing very, very closely with government to ensure we can deliver on what the government is talking about back through to the needs of the individual uh, property owner or borrower uh, and make sure all those things fit together. Yeah. Now, you guys have, have in a sense, pioneered getting out of offices and going to actually visit the clients, that, that I guess is much harder in the era of social distancing. And you kind of alluded to it earlier, I guess your members are just doing a lot more stuff via Skype, by telephone, every other alternative technology. Yeah, most certainly. We have a, a very strong encouragement to the brokers in the marketplace, our members and broadly, is they try and connect in a visual manner, not just a phone call. Um, especially when everybody is dealing with this social distancing issue and being in isolation and stuck in their own homes and so on. Um, it, it just helps so much to actually physically see each other through a camera, uh, even be it through a screen at this point in time, to help make sure that everything uh, is uh, easily transacted. And, then, and just that communication piece works so much better. Mm. Do, do, does something like this um, make your members worry about what valuers ultimately might be telling banks about properties 
because, you know, I, particularly until this week when we saw the government has rescued, you know, 6.5 million workers by giving them a pretty substantial fortnightly pay hike. Um, but before then, it must have worried your members about if people haven't got money, they're not going to bid at auction, they're not going to buy houses, and therefore houses are going to be less valuable. Can you talk to, to A, what was the feeling before the package and what was the feeling after the package? Yeah, so you're right, Peter. As we were sitting just in front of the package announcements happening, there was a great concern of what would happen to property values and also in conjunction with values, what would happen on loan-to-valuation ratios. Yeah. The banks may pull that down, which they have in other countries, so in the UK and Canada, but uh, we haven't seen that here as yet. So it was a great concern as we started to head into this. But, uh, you know, all power to the government. They did some great announcements and made some great moves to support small businesses and people in residential properties to be able to, um, you know, maintain, to hold on to their properties and not lose them through what may get revalued through the event of, uh, from banking doing audit reviews and so on on their risk exposures. So when the stimulus and the packages came out through government, that certainly uh, alleviated those concerns. Uh, but obviously lending still not the same as what it was three months ago. So you know, it's a little bit harder. There are more questions. I think everybody needs to be prepared. The fact there are going to be more questions asked, but it's so not not to really find reasons why not to assist, but to ensure that they can assist. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing that from many lenders that they are asking more questions, but it's all for the right reasons. Yeah, and I and I guess the bottom line is that if you're in a really safe job you're going to find it easier to get the computer to say yes from the bank than if you're in a more high-risk kind of job, very vulnerable to coronavirus. Pete, I did also think uh, a couple of weeks ago when we first saw some of the, 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 well, the first package and the banks came out and cut interest rates again, I, I think the three-year fixed rate at CBA got down to 2.2%. And I thought to myself, well, mortgage brokers really could get a lot more inquiries for those people who may well have been on a 4.5% home loan and hadn't worried about changing it, the rates are coming right down. Are, are your brokers starting to see some inquiries on, on that particular score? Yeah, there, there certainly is. And it, it's a, a conversation that's got to be caged the right way as well. Um, hmm. As we all know, cheap doesn't always result in being the best. And uh, we've got to be careful if you're taking a two or three year fixed rate now at two and a quarter percent or whatever it happens to be. Um, you know, this period we're in at the moment, from COVID's point of view, uh, hopefully we'll be out of it in six months, depending on what happens. Uh, you may have plans in the next year, year and a half, that you wanted to do something, but if you're caught in a longer-term fixed rate, that can cost you a lot of money to unwind. So you've got to look out, uh, balance out the economic value proposition in doing it, and it could work out brilliantly for you, but uh, you need to look at individual circumstances to ensure that this actually does play out right for you or is there a cheaper variable rate you can move on to which may be better, or the fixed rates might be fine. But it is very much um, an individual assessment. And this is why it's good getting the guidance from someone like a broker who lives and breathes this every day uh, right. to be able to make, to help you to make that assessment as to what works best for you. Okay, uh, last question, and uh, it's not necessarily your expertise, but you, as you made the point, you and I have been around these markets for a long time. When this hit, what was your expectation about house prices falling and what's your view now since the stimulus packages? Yeah, I, I expect the property prices to take a, a fair bit of a whack on the way through with this. Um, 
And uh, uh, I, I guess we're still early days to see where that goes. Um, I, I feel that there may be some contraction in uh, property value, which could work out well for first-home buyers who've been sitting on the fence saying, gee, yeah. I haven't got quite enough money. Um, now, all of a sudden, with property values down, I've got enough money, I can actually get in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, how far that goes, I hope it doesn't come far. I, I, I'm, always, I'm also concerned with you know, really cheap interest rates because at some stage, these things all go up. Yeah. Um, and if you don't position things the right way, it actually can work very badly against you. Uh, but, you know, if there's a little bit of contraction in the marketplace, and as Peter's, we've seen over many years that these things go at different speeds in different states and different suburbs, um, that uh, there will be some opportunities created there. Uh, but I wouldn't like to see a major a major dive in the property sector. I don't think uh, that, that, to me, would be uh, rather hurtful. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, we'll wait and see. Thanks, mate. That's Peter White, the CEO of the Finance Brokers Association of Australia. Well, I'm now going to be talking to the CEO of the Australian Property Institute, Amelia Hodge. And there are a lot of issues that I care about, and there's one that's many that she cares about as well. So let's just kick off by uh, welcoming her to the show. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks, Peter. How are you? Very good. How are you surviving working from home? It's certainly an interesting um, thing to do. I can normally accept it one day a week or every so often, but at the moment I'm, I'm actually quite fortunate. I live on my own, so I don't have the distractions of many people I've been in meetings with, with children hmm. banging saucepans and running around the house behind them. So it's, it's pretty calm. Uh, hmm. the, the only downside is you tend to work longer hours. Yeah, you do. And uh, I can see you're not in tracky dacks, but I'm sure some people are doing that. But we won't talk about them. Now, look. I haven't done it, Peter. <laughs> I, I'm surprised to learn that um, uh, a, a residential property prices actually rose in March. What is wrong with us Australians? Nothing can stop us from wanting property. We have a hunger for property in this country. That certainly is the case, yes. Do you think it will come off the boil going forward? Well, you know, how long is a piece of string? I think it's um, it's a little bit early to tell, but I think some of the signs are um, will be there. Um, I think uh, if you look at the last weekend's auction uh, withdrawal rates in most cities, it was between sort of 30 and 40%. Um, people are, what I'm finding generally is uh, people are starting to look at their own personal situation and, and think, well, is do we need to immediately sell the house? Um, what's going on with ourselves, looking at the packages the government has, uh, has released and, um, and, and just slowing down and pausing, I think, before they make their decisions. Tell us what the Australian Property Institute does. What's its main function? Well, we're a membership body and regulator for the uh, largely the valuation profession, property professionals across Australia. We have over 8,000 members, uh, half of which are, are valuers. Uh, who must comply with um, regulated standards in undertaking valuations of both real property, um, plant and machinery assets, um, government statutory valuations, so rating and taxing valuations, and uh, and a vast range of of other farming assets and you know the Qantas fleet, for example, um, and lots of residential and commercial property and retail property throughout the country. Yeah. A lot of businesses have gone quiet um, during this period. 
have um, property value has gone quiet or are they in demand? Well, it's interesting that we're also part of, um, obviously, a, a keen uh, supporter and provider to the banking and financial services mm. sector. Um, and from what we're seeing is is a not, not a slowdown in flow, in workflow at this mm. point in time. And as you would appreciate, uh, things shift daily uh, almost at the moment. Our largest issue has been protecting the health and welfare of our own members in making their own health decisions, uh, but also in their fear of inadvertently uh, spreading uh, the virus uh, by going into people's homes. So we've been advocating fairly fairly hard and, and fiercely for our members, um, and we've developed, along with all of our industry stakeholders, banking sector and the professional indemnity insurance sector, a new set of valuation protocols whereby without reducing the standard and the professional quality and due diligence required, uh, we've, we have innovated and introduced virtual technology options in completing evaluation to remove the requirement for a physical inspection. Mm, okay, so um, are you guys currently seen as an essential service? We're not currently designated as an essential service. I think the focus is on, uh, you know, the government has been very open in, in stating that this is a health crisis as well as an economic crisis. Uh, the focus I, I see in the language being used, we've been liaising with the business liaison on group uh, that the government has appointed and they've been very open and accepting of um, input from industry across the country. Uh, to see what services support other uh, critical services that will support the economic and employment recovery. And uh, we have certainly been engaging with state and federal treasurers in that regard. Mm. Do you want valuers to be seen as an essential service? If it keeps them employed and keeps them supporting the economic recovery of this country, and if there is um, the, when we get to the point that there has to be a designation, then uh, that's obviously what we would be seeking. But right. at this point in time, there's no, there's no allocation for a designation. Okay, let me tell you a scary story involving your sector. Well, it's not your fault, you, you would be an accessory after the fact. But a friend of mine recently sold their house um, and happily for them, the buyer wanted to actually settle early. In fact, they wanted to settle early so they could get in and maybe get painting done before possibly a total lockdown. So it was a perfect circumstance. You know, they were worried that the buyer might walk away from the deal because it was before the, the coronavirus um, lockdown. Um, but this buyer wanted to, to um, go ahead and the bank um, said to my friend, well, um, you've, you've had a house and you've bought a house and you had two houses at once and one was being rented out because you couldn't sell it beforehand. Uh, so it was a difficult situation. Um, but we might now want to revalue the house you bought. And so and my friend said, well, I was thinking, well, if I, if I get the other property off my hands, I become a much better risk for the bank. Why would they want to revalue the house I bought? Because he said it probably has gone off the boil because of the coronavirus fears and whatever. This is this is a, a really complicated world, the world of the valuer and the banks. Correct, correct. And that's been my last few weeks, in fact, Peter. 
Mm. Uh, it is very complex and I don't think there's many of us who haven't been directly impacted, you know, with friends and families in, in similar situations. I've certainly had family lose all all uh, all hope of, of revenue currently with, mm. with things going on. But, you know, as a family, we all have to come together and assess what needs to happen. And I think in your friend's situation, uh, up-to-date data is very important. Some of the property records are... Um, are not completely up to date and I think the values are shifting almost you know every couple of weeks at this stage as we are in this really unknown phase. That's why it's really important to I would say engage uh, with a property professional who has been uh, trained around a risk-based methodology approach according mm. to very high standards in being able to analyse the market. Remember this isn't the first um, crisis in the property sector we've faced and we've navigated a way through. It is, it is, um, it is individual in, in what it looks like now, but in the property sector, this is what we do. Yeah. But happily, one day later, the bank woke up to itself and said, hey, this guy's going to be a much better prospect without the other property. Let's get, let's get that deal done. But what, what I think underlined the issue for, for him and when he asked me what I thought would happen is that if the coronavirus containment policies ultimately lead to lower house prices right across the board, well then valuers would have to readjust the, the assessment of what a property is worth and banks do want to know that but it also comes at a time when the governments basically tell the banks to be nice. Mm, mm, yeah, there's a lot of challenges either way and and there's no ever one perfect design at day one, I think. We just mm. have to watch this as it evolves and in some some cases, uh, it'll be people's level of debt that um, that it will be most uh, concerning and most important at the end of this, rather than I guess the price of the house. Mm. One, one last thing, Amelia. If we do see house prices come off the boil because of the coronavirus um, containment policies, the way I, I like to put it, will valuers um, start looking at those price falls to readjust what they think places are worth? Well, that's the, that's the premise of evaluation. It's to look at all, it's to look at recent sales, it's looked at comparable, for comparable properties, looking at the risk um, profile in the area, um, and then you know work through that methodology to, to uh, uh, come out with a, a considered professional opinion as mm. to value. And I guess the, the third stimulus package, which has seen you know, 6.5 million people, uh, you know, get uh, extra wages effectively, you know, $1,500 a fortnight. That should actually help contain the forward house prices, I would have thought. But what's your view? Um, to a point, um, you, you, we've got to see this play out a little bit more before we can hold firm views. And I think mm. just talking to someone yesterday about something, and I thought, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Okay, now I need to understand the domino effect of that issue on this issue. Um, to answer your question, we're, we're just going to have to see this play out, but uh, there's no doubt that values will need to be adjusted. Okay. But the banks have been incredibly supportive, mm. have been incredible, in my experience, have been willing to listen and to innovate uh, to make this uh, us all come out the other side. Yeah. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to you know hunker down and hold on for six months Yes, those despised banks may end up becoming the saviours of the economy. Amelia, <laughs> what an irony. Amelia, thanks for joining us in the program. Thanks, Peter. Bye. That's Amelia Hodge, CEO of the Australian Property Institute.